0: Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, is there any way the Chiefs don't take down the Jags tomorrow? Aroldis Chapman's heading to Kansas City and best case scenario for the AFC Championship. Special guests include Pete Sweeney at 11, MJ Melendez and Michael Massey at 1 o'clock. Now two guys with strikingly similar bathroom habits to Jim Ursay, Cody
1: Tapp and Alex Gold. Oh, that's right, Nick. I don't know about that in exactly, but we'll, we'll get to that during what does the that even trash mean? of the day. What does that even mean? Well, we'll get to it during the trash of the day a little bit later, right? We'll, we'll get to what occurred involving uh, McDaniels or Ursay reportedly with the, uh, the Colts a couple years ago, but we are live at Rally House in Oak Park. It is Red Friday. We're getting ready for the Chiefs to take on the Jags to open up this postseason for Kansas City couple games away from heading to the Super Bowl. We hope to see you guys out here at Rally House. Look, it's going to be cold tomorrow. Gonna it be, is. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy tomorrow. It's going to be maybe a little rainy tomorrow. There's no better place to stock up on all that cold weather gear. Cody's wearing Not a, a beanie. Yeah, he already bought a beanie. Cody's got a beanie on already. I don't know why you're wearing it already, but it looks good. You're good for go for tomorrow.
2: Well, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to prepare my body. To, I'm going to start getting it warm now so that I'm set for for then, if that makes sense. So what you're just going to wear It that? doesn't. It doesn't, yeah. Cody. Nope, that's how it works, Nick. You don't know anything about science. This is a, This is how science works. I've also never seen you wear a beanie before. I wear beanies. I just don't wear them into work very often. Well, it's like if I'm going to be yeah. outside for an extended period of time is when I put them on. Or in this case, if I'm going to spend four hours inside of this rally house at Oak Park.
0: Those aren't the same thing.
2: Well, <laughs> in this case, I think they are. This is, I'm supporting a local business. This I don't is know. The, uh, the place That's to how be, though,
1: man. This is the place to be if you're thinking, about, all right, you know what? It's playoff football. It's time to to get some new Chiefs gear. Rally House, the place to be. And guess what? We've got gift cards uh, for you as well. We've got some gift cards to give away. We've got multiple $10 gift cards. But I'll be honest, we got we got a handful of $50 gift cards. Those are going to take some work. Those, those, those are going to earn that. Those are gonna require some work. It's going to require you to, of course, come by Rally House in Oak Park, but it's also going to require you – uh, to maybe do a little singing, you know, we've we've mentioned how much we like jingles on this show. You know, there's the Rally House jingle. We also have played a certain jingle for a fast food restaurant over and over and over. Yeah, this maybe week. some of that kind of. Maybe singing. you come by and you you sing one of those, and maybe someone should sing part of Pasquintino mm-hmm. because he was
2: unable to make it today, but two of his teammates will be
1: here. That's the kind of stuff that's going to take for that fifty dollar gift card. We've
0: yeah. uh, we've got the the live stream up and going on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, yeah, Twitch, and so I'm. Taking a look at Cody's new attire, <laughs> the stocking yeah, cap. what do you think? A striking similarity to Ralphie from The Christmas Story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, I don't the think scene, you, sh-
0: you know the scene where he's on top of Scott Farkas and he's just bashing yeah. his face in? That's yeah. exactly what you look like right now.
2: Well, we can't all own dead rabbits. to no, head. Some of us have to
1: have good like, Hey, well,
0: you know who did own a dead rabbit on his head? Scott Farkas.
1: <laughs> and what's great, Nick? I don't know if you can see on the video stream. Cody still has—he still has like the the black hook on yeah, the top of it. so he, he's yet. kept that. I don't know if you know if he—that's he oh, a fashion. He ripped, that's a fashion statement. Off. I don't know. I can't confirm if he's paid for it yet I or have. anything. I can't confirm anything. Confirm? I, I <laughs> can't neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just saying. Anyway, we're I sue you day. for slander. We're gonna have a great day for the next four hours out here. And you heard from Nick during the intro in the one o'clock hour. We're gonna be completely commercial free in the one o'clock hour too. That's because. Michael Massey and MJ Melendez are going to be sitting down right here and they're going to be talking some football and be talking all things, uh, of course, getting ready for the baseball season. They just flew into town for this football game. That's how fired up they are for the game. And we'll ask them, I don't know if either's ever been to Arrowhead before. I, You know what? I, How could they?
2: Massey had spent all this time in the minor leagues until the middle of last season. MJ Melendez has only recently made it up at the club. There hasn't been enough time. To make it to a Chiefs playoff game yet, so hopefully we're sending him to their very first Chiefs playoff game, and one against a team that, and and they'll get the full experience because Trevor Lawrence said oh it won't man. be loud. That's a so thing. like now he's kind of poked the bear a little bit. So in addition to that, we get the you know the extra juice.
1: For a cheese playoff yeah, game. Yeah, fans eat that kind of stuff up. Absolutely. We, we played the, the Trevor Lawrence sound yesterday. I'm sure we'll hear it a few more times today as well. Any little extra bit of motivation, even for a playoff game, that you can get. I mean, it's a, it's a 3.30 kickoff. Of course, you'll hear it over on our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf. But you've got all day long tomorrow to get, you know, uh, loose. A little lubricated, you know, when it comes to drinking a little bit, starting at, what, 6 a.m., 7 a.m., just all day tailgating. It's going to be nuts out of Arrowhead tomorrow, man. Warm weather is a flask day.
2: That's that, you know, like for you the flu- cold weather, you mean cold Yeah, cold weather. weather. Cold That's weather. a few yeah. times, the few times a year where you like it's really appropriate to own a flask. And so, this will be what we're in for tomorrow. I kind of like that they got the whole week off, so we got to just sit back, relax, kick it last week, no big deal, no stress. And then, if they win this game tomorrow, or when they win this game, is right. probably uh-huh. how I should put it. When they win this game against Jacksonville tomorrow, they're just going to sit around the rest of the weekend and wait to figure out whoever else is going to try to make it to the next round because it's not your problem anymore. Once you get through this one, the other th- Six teams are going to have to worry about what their season looks like or what they'll need to do to get the win. And of the weekend, we talked about this. The Chiefs got the easiest matchup. They're the biggest Vegas favorite for a reason. I understand that the Giants had a similar record to that of the Chiefs, but that they're in a divisional game, and Vegas knows that. That makes it more of a challenge, like if the Chiefs had faced the Chargers. And the Jags only recently started playing well, and mostly against bad opponents. I've said before, I still feel like, Not that I don't think they can be good going forward or can't be a Super Bowl contender going forward. What 9-8 and team, led by a first-year head coach with a second-year quarterback, those teams don't win the Super Bowl. Nick, I I don't remember what we were talking about. Maybe it was like the trophy when we were talking about college basketball. But I want you to close your eyes and envision Trevor Lawrence this year holding up the Lombardi trophy. It doesn't track. That's not what makes sense in this game. That's why I feel like a lot of things are going to have to go wrong if the Chiefs are going to lose on Saturday.
1: we'll yeah, no, get Look at the first matchup, as we have throughout the week, back in Week 10. I understand that this Jags team is playing with way more confidence than they were. At that point, they fell to 3-7. and seven. Yeah. But we know the scenario that led to still a 10-point win for Kansas City back in Week 10. Like, that's what's crazy. We can talk about the turnovers and losing the turnover battle. They, they had three turnovers, didn't get a single takeaway in that game. They got caught off guard by the onside kick, an aggressive move by Doug Peterson, and yet Kansas City still won that game by 10 points. And so as much as we've talked about Jacksonville being a better team, the one thing that I I don't feel like has been discussed enough even for this entire postseason, this will apply if the Chiefs win and when they win tomorrow, it will apply for an AFC title game and hopefully apply for a Super Bowl. But the one thing the Chiefs are that really nobody else you can say is positioned for this postseason is – they're healthier than just about and rested just about better than anybody in football right now. They I understand McCall Hart is not going to play. We know that. he's a They have been playing
2: with him for like 10 exactly, games. Exactly. Or, I don't know if it's that yeah, long, but, but it's been
1: a while. It, it's been a couple months. Two and a half, you know, it's been two-plus months uh, since McCall has played. They are, if you look at other teams and who's banged up and you look at You know, everybody's bye weeks, and when they had it, the Chiefs had an early bye week this year, so it had been been a little while since they had some time off. Their best position in terms of rest, in terms of health, heading into a playoff game, then they're about as good as you could possibly be. When you play 17 games, you can't ask for a better scenario in terms of rest and health than where the Chiefs are at right now.
2: Name the only, like, there's like a handful of players they've lost long-term at any point this season. One was Jody Fortson. I know Nick loves him, but he's the fourth tight end. One was Blake Bell, the third tight end. One was, as we've mentioned, McCall Hardman. They made an in season trade for another playmaker in the middle of it. And then they lost Clyde Edwards Alaire, which was, admittedly, addition by subtraction. They got better in the running game after he got injured. They were more balanced. They were better between Pacheco and McKinnon. It worked better. McKinnon stepped up. Like they almost have they have what, ninety eight percent of the roster they were yep. expecting to matter going into a playoff game? No other team can say that. I'm very confident that no other team can say that. Jacksonville's lost offensive linemen throughout the year. If they are to get past this game, they got to face Cincinnati or Buffalo in the next round. Cincinnati has major injuries. Buffalo, we know, lost Von Miller. Like they've had major injuries. And Kansas City just sits here like, well, I'm glad we got to sit for a week. And any of the minor injuries we had, right, like Frank Clark, maybe he misses that wildcard game last week. If you know, maybe he missed that wildcard game last week if they had to play it. Yeah, he didn't have to, to play he's it. He's he was practicing
1: yesterday. He's fine. So it's like we. I don't think it's been. Yeah, I don't think that's something that's been probably discussed enough, and I, I do think that's a nice advantage. Yeah, uh, in, in this football game, and look, the the spread doesn't always indicate who's going to win games. We know that upsets happen all the time, but when you start to get into that eight and a half, nine point territory in terms of a spread. Look, the, the Chiefs are that number for a reason in this game. And, you know, if you're looking at, you know, uh, we always joke with Sean Barber, who in our group text always mentions the blueprint for a certain team sure. to win a game, right? He mentioned last week the the blueprint for Miami to have pulled off the upset or the blueprint for the Ravens to pull off the upset. I mean, what does that, does that blueprint exist that doesn't involve the Chiefs doing it to themselves for Jacksonville no. to win? Because no. I don't think there's a blueprint where Jacksonville can just go and, hey, they can play great. But the Chiefs play great as well. That doesn't equate to a win for Jacksonville. It requires the Jags to play really, really good and clean football, and it requires the Chiefs to make the same mistakes they made in Week 10, which, again, was three turnovers, special teams blunders. And And it was still
2: a 17-point lead with six minutes to go. Like, they screwed a lot of stuff up and still beat Jacksonville. To me, it isn't probably as far as what we talked about with the Colts, but it is going to take more than one problem, I think, is the way I view this. If there's any chance, Gold, they're going down in this game, it's not going to be just that they turn the ball over a couple times. It's that they turn the ball over a couple times and they miss a couple of field goals or a field goal and an extra point. And there's a fumble somewhere else. And they blow a coverage that allows a 70-yard touchdown to go through. It's going to take more than one mistake for this Chiefs team to lose to that Jags team because in the last matchup, this is the problem the Jaguars have is their biggest weakness on defense is stopping the passing game well that's not great against Kansas City that's the last thing you want to be bad at as a matter of fact when you're going up against Kansas City and even if they were an elite defense the Chiefs have proven what they do to elite defenses some of these teams that that are remaining in the playoffs they've hung big numbers on a couple of times this year and so I don't know how Jacksonville can possibly match up you know in their last and and I was looking back at their like their losses their recent losses the ones against the Lions the and then I look back at the Chargers game and then of course they're lost to the Chiefs because like yeah oh, what's the common theme you know who beats them up really bad tight ends consistent yeah so they they Gerald are, Everett went for
1: hundred and ten yards so they are fourth in the league fourth worst in the league in defensive DVOA against tight ends in football that seems bad uh, when Travis and Kelsey's and the tight end hundred percent and then you throw in and I like typically you don't say well someone's just due so you think it's going to happen but Travis Kelsey <laughs> hasn't had a tight uh, touchdown since week thirteen. For a guy that had twelve touchdowns in the regular season, like that's if I to, to go six plus games without a touchdown and still end up with twelve of them in the regular season, and then you factor in how Jacksonville fares against tight ends, yeah, it does feel like postseason Travis Kelsey, where he's typically getting, you know, eighty plus yards receiving in the postseason on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's hard to believe him not having a huge performance tomorrow.
2: What what could we get for an anytime touchdown on Travis? Can we get Good odds so or, we bu- or not, we built not that good odds?
1: Last night on, on, on that batting show, we built a little same-game parlay involving oh. over on Travis Kelsey and an anytime touchdown. So he's still minus money. It's not plus money for a Travis Kelsey touchdown. He's like minus 135. He had been around minus 180. So it was like way too much. A little, uh, come juice. a little closer. Well, when you don't have a touchdown since week 13, it'll bring it back to the pack. So, yeah. A Maybe little. let's do
2: first touchdown. I can get plus Ooh. money on that.
1: Yes, you can. I don't have the odds exactly, but yeah, definitely. Well, plus if he's money. minus
2: 130 on any time. My I guess he's is no he's plus probably plus five hundred or something. You think it's that
1: good? Uh, well, now you have to No, make-
2: remember we looked at this, and I was shocked at some of the guys who were just 7-1. to one. Well, no, no, no. Like
1: Justin Watson was 7-1 to one for an anytime touchdown. Oh, okay. Uh, but here, now now you're going to make me look because now I'm curious. But we built a Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey parlay last night He's on got it bookmarked, by the way. Uh, I just want I let it be known that Alex Gold has the first touchdown score. bookmarked. All right. Plus 650 for Travis Kelsey to have the first touchdown in the game tomorrow. Jarek McKinnon also plus 650. Those are the two guys That's in the red bad. zone for touchdowns. Which one? The The Kelsey. A f- yeah, first, first touchdown, touchdown score, Travis Kelsey. That's the okay. one that place. Hey, do it. There's also just a lot of, of course, buzz for the potential to, to, yeah. As fans, we can look ahead a little bit. I know the team can't, but look ahead. You see the news this morning for a potential neutral site game if Chiefs play Buffalo. That requires the Chiefs winning in Buffalo, sure. beating Cincinnati in the first 24 hours of that neutral site game. Fifty thousand tickets were sold. That was just to season ticket members, and I know there was a lot of issues, a lot of complaining, because yeah. Ticketmaster had some issues with the codes, and unique code versus uh, codes being shared, and then the ticket allotments weren't separated properly. Um, so the vent is not sold out yet, but this was my concern, man. Like This was my concern when the neutral site, and Maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe Buffalo loses. You're worried it's going to be 70-30 Buffalo, Dude, aren't they, you? Well, two things I'm worried about. One, I'm worried that there's going to be more Bills fans, yes, than Chiefs fans if we get there, but also... I'm worried that the NFL's like, oh, wait a second, Cody, we sold fifty thousand tickets in twenty four hours <laughs> and these fans are gonna travel and pay for hotels and all that. And we know with the, the pre sale that's gonna take place today, and then if there's tickets left, there's the public on sale on Monday. This thing's selling out today, isn't it? Don't you think they the same yes, of course it's not getting to Monday. They're selling twenty five or thirty thousand tickets today probably for that neutral site game.
2: Yeah, because I assume that like these out of town ones are kinda hard, but you know, to me, it's like if you were going to travel to another stadium to watch a Chiefs game, this is the way to kind of do the middle ground, because getting a Super Bowl ticket, I mean, that's expensive.
1: Yeah, you're up to fi- you're up to like 5,000. five, five yeah, grand,
2: yeah. not eight hundred. Right, you know, right, yeah, like there is a significant price difference between those two tickets. I mean, I worry about it, but I, you know, like I still understand because like I feel like this is reignited though. Like, why aren't the Bengals playing? But there's only one reason to let the Bengals Bills be a neutral side, in my opinion, and that's because. We didn't watch that game be played, and you're trying to, like, do them a solid. Every other conceivable thing, if you had just gone on win percentage as if that game was never played, if you'd given them both a win, if you'd given them both a tie, if you'd given them both a loss, if you'd presumed almost any other scenario, the Bills had the better record, and they were the one seed. The Bengals, line to the two, to the one, was beating Buffalo, and we understand they could have done that, but that game wasn't played. I'm fine that they were playing out the
1: scenario of, what will it look like if this is the case? And I think that that's more than fair. Yeah, I was looking too because I wondered the fact that so many fans are interested in purchasing tickets, maybe for a, a neutral site game. Let's understand: there's still, of course, there's a game tomorrow that has to yeah. be played first, and the tickets for the pricing for that, like before fees or so, you can get in for about a buck twenty-two. Tomorrow at Arrowhead. That is. That's not bad for a playoff for a play- game. Now that's that's just to get in the door. I understand that's those aren't the great seats. you have sitting in Jordan Love's mom seats. That's pr- pretty much. I mean, we're looking at what three, yeah, you know, row 39-ish stuff up at 344. Yeah, that's Jordan Love's that's mom. That's 126 before fees at a couple of the different t- ticket brokers for a playoff, a home playoff game. I understand there's some weather now that's moving in, and, and we'll see what that's going to be like. But. That's pretty inexpensive for a playoff game. Typically you're looking in the two hundreds at least to get into a football game. I mean these are these are like home opener if not less type of prices right now. Yeah. This, these, are, these ticket prices are less than what it was for the Chargers Chiefs game in week two of the season. Depending on the,
2: the the big home game it is, you'd pay more than getting a building than that for a playoff game? I just, like, every time I see the playoff stats, because, like, the Holmes ones related to the Chiefs, we just have to ignore forever. Because, like, if he wins tomorrow, he'll have, more, he'll have more playoff wins than every other Chiefs quarterback <laughs> combined. Like, well, the Chiefs yeah. ones, we got to talk big picture like yeah. Nick was doing. Yeah. Because if we just doing for the Chiefs records, those are done. We're done here. That's the end of the road. We don't have to continue to have that conversation.
1: Of course, we're broadcasting live here at Rally House in Oak Park till 2 o'clock today. Michael Massey, MJ Melinda is going to join us in the 1 o'clock hour, co-hosting with us the entire 1 o'clock hour, commercial-free. We've got gift cards to give away throughout the show today. I'm also told now that... Uh, a jersey or two from the two guests that we're going to have will also be given away. We'll have a little bit later on in the show as well. That's How are we going to give those Olendez away, Melendez? And we'll work on that. Let's have MJ Melendez can... sign
2: Massey's and Massey
1: sign Melendez. Well, don't do M. that. Don't do that. Let's just ruin don't do, their Don't value. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I just know, know, I really so wanted to, to ruin yeah. it.
0: You guys could just sign the jerseys.
1: Oh, um, my God, that would just yeah, the value ruin all value. You got a nice jersey autographed by MJ Melendez or Massey and then Cody and I's crappy signatures and crappy value of our, our name compared to theirs. Crappy value and zero value.
0: They bring the jerseys
1: by. They're <laughs> like, hey, would you guys mind if I got an autograph? <laughs> Cody just rips it out of their hands.
0: Absolutely.
2: Who do I make it out to? <laughs> and then right on the sweet spot, right? Right in the middle of the number. Right on that one. You're like, of course, I'd be happy to. And then personalized. Here you go, kid,
0: and you give him a little nookie on the head. <laughs> kind slap <Yeah>. him on <laughs> the butt.
1: Cody, we have two tables set up here at Rally House. One, Cody wanted to have some autographed photos of himself to sign, but they yeah. wouldn't let him do that. Cody Cody wasn't allowed to. I thought
2: people might like yeah,
1: it. Yeah, Cody had some nice, like, from his high school yearbook photo or whatever. That they, one that I look like yeah. a jerk in? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was, was like... <laughs> That yeah. was like eighth grade. I think. Yeah, nobody was going to pay for that autograph or whatever. Uh, coming up in about ten minutes, we will talk about uh, certainly a controversial signing the Royals reportedly have made involving a veteran pitcher. We'll get to that in about ten minutes or so. But uh, there continues to be more noise about openings in the NFL coaching-wise. And not head coach positions, Cody, yeah. but there's a lot of offensive coordinator openings it's, that could actually impact what the Chiefs staff looks like. It's why I think
2: this is the year that Eric B. has gone. So on the, the small chance, and I still think it's a small chance, he gets a head coaching job even though I think he should. I think the temptation of 10 offensive coordinator position openings means he's going to take one. Like, some job is going to be appealing enough. The, the perfect circumstance, right? Good coach, good organization, and I get to run the offense. Those exist. There are 10 openings. Not all 10 exist in that yeah. realm. There are four from previous Andy Reid disciples. So, like, that opens the door. And we already know, like, good organizations, good coaches, are already interested, like, Mike Vrabel. Sure, the Tomlin one's out because it sounds like Canada's going to keep his job, but there are so many openings every day. Like, I know Andy's not going to let him go interview to be Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator, right. <laughs> nor would I expect that to be the case, but I just really think that, you know, I, I just really think that whether we're considering that or not, you you really have to think about the fact that this is probably it. I think. He's never had more temptation to leave. Still not getting a head coaching job. Lots of opportunities to get other jobs, and there will be a perfect fit out there. And honestly, I would think Eric Bieniemy could handpick
1: any of the circumstances he want to go to outside of the Chargers. Yeah, man, I, so we've talked about this scenario: is he leaving in that scenario that you're bringing up for him to get a head coaching job? Or is he leaving for other reasons? Because I like what, I think it we, could be both. Like we you know convinced? what I need a fresh start and a clean start, and I hope that this leads to a head coaching job. But being here is not going to be a head coach. I got to decide to be a ten year offensive coordinator. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy had a meeting quite a bit after the the season last year, and reports were I think it was Matt Verduram that had mentioned from FanSided that like, there was legitimate talk before that meeting happened that they were going to yeah. agree to part you know kind of part ways at that point. Like is this better for you to keep coming back and. We believe he signed another one-year contract, right? Most and they brought in Maggie,
2: which feels like the backup offensive coordinator. Automatically, it's just too many things work in the favor of thinking that he's going to stay again. He's on a one-year deal, like he always is. There's already an offensive coordinator in house who can do it. There are ten
1: openings, but I think he has to be careful about where from. he has to be careful about. Look, so you know, Byron Leftwich was the hot name to be a head coach two years ago. Yeah. And now he got fired as the offensive coordinator, and now who knows if Byron Leftwich will get an opportunity to be a head coach? Jeff. I mean, that's how quickly the window can close. Do you believe him going? Let's say to be the OC, and I'll throw out Tennessee. I just, you know, do you want Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback for one year to be your to be the OC for that offense? Does that increase his chance? I, I'm not so sure. The difference with Mike Kafka, at least Mike Kafka that left, uh, goes to the Giants with Brian Dable. You got Daniel Jones there, and if you just got something. Uh, more out of him than anybody else, you were going to become a head coaching candidate. He did more than that. Mike Kafka is getting head co- has received head coach interviews. Might even get a head coaching gig. I really think Mike Kafka might get the job. You land in a spot right there where you have a young quarterback that you have a chance to push up another level. So to me, this is where you know I thought Kenny Pickett in that spot would have been interesting. Although the Steelers are now going to keep. Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. To me, you don't – if I'm EB, I don't want to go to a situation to be a play caller for a veteran quarterback. If, I, if I'm trying to prove myself that it's me and that I can be, – You're trying a, to make someone look better. Can you find a place to be an OC with a young quarterback and, and a fairly new head coach or whatever? Well, right? then that's the commanders, right? Mm. Uh, or the Jets? I, I wouldn't go to Washington. I actually think Greg Roman might end up in Washington. Sam Howell, maybe try to get the most out of him running the football. That team wants to run the football more. I think I, I would I wouldn't go to D.C. if I was Eric Bieniemy. Absolutely no. I know they're about to maybe have a new owner. That's another reason why I wouldn't do it.
2: Like I just think that when you look at where they are, I mean, but what other jobs? Like the Ravens have Lamar Jackson. That's a good offensive coordinator job. And the one difference there is they're trying to attract people away from the run game. So do they go Eric Bieniemy, who has admitted that he has. Uh, turned yeah. on his brothers in arms, yeah. right? Yeah. He said, ah, they probably revoked my running back card because of how much we pass here in Kansas City. Because that was one of the reports yesterday. Is that, And that's been a report for a year. Willie Sneed said the same thing. He's like, no wide receiver wants to go to Baltimore. It sucks playing wide receiver <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. You never get targeted, and all you have to do is like, hey, we're going to need you to run block better than anybody else on Earth. And you're like, well, that sucks. That's not fun at all. And they're like, well, that's the way this works. That's how we play it in Baltimore, and it's a successful system. Because then other than that, you're choosing jobs – where well, it's not a young quarterback, it is an unknown
1: quarterback, right? Because what are all the opening The eight openings eight openings? Ravens,
2: right Bucks, Chargers, Commanders, Titans,
1: Rams, Jets, Patriots. See, the Jets to me would be interesting. The, I the think Jets the Jets would be the interesting. The Colts. The Colts are going to have an open OC yeah. job because they have an open head coaching job. Yeah. So, like, they're going to be available the, the, as the, well. The Colts and Jets are kind of intriguing to me. Now, the Jets right now, you're going to have to go still and get the quarterback. But even if you told me the Jets went and traded for Derek Carr, if I'm Eric B. Enemy, yeah, that goes against what I said about the veteran quarterback. But that team, to me, defensively is also good enough yeah. where you could go there and have success right away. Now, would he get the quote-unquote credit that maybe is needed? This whole thing we've all agreed, right, is ridiculous. Oh, it's stupid. Has yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, unfortunately, I think the reality of the situation now. That's but, the perspective now, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's heck not going to Tampa uh, for whoever is going to be the quarterback. What Kyle Trask, is that the quarterback right now if Tom Brady leaves for Tampa? So, yeah, I'm out on that. No, thank you. Yeah, well, what I think it's Kyle Trask. Colts
2: make a lot of sense.
1: Because top nobody pick, will,
2: pick. and nobody will know if they're good or not. You can take credit, right? They trade up and they go get Bryce Young. They get C.J. Stroud. Nobody knows if they're good or not. If they're good, you get some credit no matter what, and you got a much more talented guy in there. But it's also like he shouldn't be, like, be interviewed for the Colts head coaching job. He's not going to take the O.C. job. <laughs> like, if he's not the guy, what the hell? You're not going to hire me as the head coach, but you want me to come over as O.C.? So that one doesn't fit. It's just, the only Jets is probably the best. Like, if he's going to leave to be an offensive coordinator, Jets is probably the best fit. Because either they're going to bring in another quarterback and he can claim, hey, new system, we're going to make this guy work. Whether they go trade for Lamar or they go get whoever, right, they can be like, oh, new system, and, and look at how Eric B. made it work. Or they draft another quarterback or you make Zach Wilson look better. Like, that, those are all – or Mike White, I don't know. Those are the yeah. those are the situations that
1: can at least make you look. Yeah, I mean, Zach good. Wilson's done. I mean, and we haven't explore that. Zach Wilson in, with the Jets yeah, is coach. over. That that scenario is not happening anymore. You know, Zach Wilson just has to hope somehow some other team gives him an opportunity. But Zach Wilson with the Jets, that's completely over. Hey, our NFL playoff coverage is brought to you by Metro Ford. Visit our inventory and view it online at KC Metro Ford. Dot com as we continue to broadcast from Rally House in Oak Park we're out here till two o'clock we got some Chiefs fans gearing up for the big playoff game tomorrow we've got some gift cards to give away but up next we will turn our attention a little bit to the Royals who had a controversial signing yesterday was it actually worth it next.
2: This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gant Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gant Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com.
1: Don't miss Royals First Basement slash NFL Insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload a football <laughs> tweets. <laughs> First jets games that I have free on Sunday. It's it's go time. Six ten sports radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better
2: over here. Only at T Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month
1: with eligible trade in when you switch. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold. Cody Tap with you. Nick Schwert back at the studios. We are live on location today till 2 o'clock at Rally House in Oak Park. It's a Red Friday. Gearing up for some Chiefs football tomorrow afternoon. First of many, hopefully, to come on the road to the Super Bowl. Appreciate everybody that's already come out set said hello today. We've got some gift cards to give away throughout the show. We also will have a couple Royals players stopping by and co-hosting the show the entire 1 o'clock hour. Michael Massey, MJ Melendez, they're coming in town for the game as well. They're going to be out at Arrowhead, we think, the first time they've ever been to Arrowhead. We'll talk to them about this Chiefs game and, of course, some Royals baseball with them as well.
2: You might remember Massey filled in for us as our NFL insider for a he few did. weeks when Vinny was in Italy.
1: He did. He had a hard time for his spinning habits at, like,
2: Gucci or something.
1: That's right. That's right. I don't yeah. remember
2: if it was Gucci or Pro- – it, it was one of, of those, like, high-end
1: design stores. Yeah, not the store that you or I shop at. That's for sure. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Michael Massey tweet that he sent earlier, he saw the photo of Rally House. He said, where's the Justin Fields jersey? Michael Massey, a big Chicago Bears fan, so he wanted the, the Justin Fields jersey. Uh, they have those in the the Chicago stores, not uh, not at the not at the Kansas City location. No, no. He but, was a long Mitch Trubisky guy, which is truly yeah, really unfortunate
2: was. for almost anyone – especially because you know that seven picks later went Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, you know, it happens. And they got fleeced in that deal. It so, just so many things went wrong for them to end up with that quarterback.
1: We'll get back to some football in just a couple of minutes. But the Royals did make a move, and I, I think it's fair to say a very surprising one. You know, we had mentioned during What's Trending yesterday, there was some reports that the Padres, the Marlins, and the Royals were the three teams that were looking into signing Araldis Chapman, right? The veteran reliever has had a, a fantastic career. Now, last two years certainly has not nearly been the same type of pitcher that he had been. And the Royals now have reportedly, multiple sources have reported that they've signed a one-year deal. Now, it's a one-year deal, $3.75 million with performance bonuses based off of what he can do. Let's be honest, this is a controversial signing because it's not as simple as just uh, they're Uh, signing him for for baseball. From a baseball-only perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's a guy that has high upside potential. It's a guy that uh, has underperformed the last couple of years. The Royals—he's coming off his worst year. Yeah, the Royals clearly believe that they can find whether it maybe it's a mechanical fiss- fix, whatever it may be, and that then maybe you have him perform for two or three months with you, and you flip him at the deadline, and you get some prospects. That's the—that's just that's the baseball mindset. I'm assuming that the Royals have with this signing. Um, but is it worth the pushback that they are receiving from fans because? In 2016, of course, there was a domestic violence situation where he was not uh, charged. However, the league felt it was serious enough, based on their investigation, Cody, to suspend him for 30 games. And baseball doesn't just suspend players for no reason. Well, now
2: they suspend them much longer than that. So he got in on the early part of those suspension things. I'll quickly address the baseball thing because the bigger issue is the other stuff. The baseball part, they're taking a shot on a $4 million reliever who's had a lot of success in baseball. I kind of get why you try to see if that can be a solution for you in the back end of the bullpen. And from a trade perspective, the prices have been great for relievers the last couple of years if you have some to flip during that time. So, if from that perspective, fine. But it's not just – this isn't one of those, like, I don't, I don't want the text line filling up with, like, well, he said, she said. He admitted to firing a gun eight times in an argument with his significant other at that time. That's really serious. So it's like, it's not like, now she is, she, she had said she'd been choked, and he has denied that. And there's other parts of this that maybe you can make that argument, but he's admitted that in a domestic situation, he fired a gun. That is the part I don't know that I'll ever get over. That's, I don't think that I can just be like, well, you know, I'll just wash that away. That to me is just like the situation is so serious because I'm torn a little bit because I do believe in. I don't like, think
1: anybody, and I don't think anybody's asking anybody to forget about that circumstance, uh, and I, I don't think the Royals suddenly just forgotten about that either because they made the signing. I think that's where like every everybody's reaction uh, to it, based off of what occurred in 2016, is is more than fair. Nobody's telling anybody. Yeah, how You they deserve should. the criticism yeah. for it. Yeah, it's it's deserved. I, I think. You know, there were clearly two other organizations as well that were willing to, to sign him or consider him. I mean, he hasn't been... Well, he's been
2: in was, baseball ever since then. Yeah, I mean, it's he's, not he's, like been he's been with the Yankees.
1: Year. Now, Yankees fans are glad to see him go. I don't think it's, you know, it's funny now Yankees fans are trying to claim it's because of what happened in 2016. But no, Yankees fans are upset because he kind of quit on the team at the end of the last season. He also didn't perform all that well as a pitcher last season. That's what Yankee fans are actually upset about. Uh, now they're, they're trying to go back to the 2016 incident. That's but it's more about his, his performance last year that has Yankees fans upset in particular. Um, I, I look, you, you, you cannot separate the two. I, I get the frustration there. I think you know we'll have a chance at some point to have J.J. Piccolo, the Royals' general manager, back on the show. And I, and I think at some point, whenever they make the signing official, because they haven't actually made it official, sure. there's just every report out there. He's got to go through the physical and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it'll be interesting to hear their, their explanation, though, for how confident they are to bring this individual into Kansas me, City considering the past.
2: It has me revisiting, like, what can baseball do to just try to make sure that When you take these chances, that you are taking a significant risk in making sure that it's also your job to make sure this person has changed who they are, if that makes sense, or made significant changes about who they are. Do you say, all right, if you sign somebody who's been been suspended for domestic violence, if you sign anybody who's ever been suspended for a domestic violence incident in our league and they commit another one while they're signed with your team, then you're fined $10 million. Like, make it so that you're making teams not just make a baseball decision. I think that's mostly what people are asking for. Are you considering which portion of your fan base is going to feel really visceral about the signing as a result of that? And that's, and I, you know, like he's going to, you know, like most people be like, well, that was seven years ago and there's been no other incidences, which is not incorrect. And I'm, and I'm not even saying I don't believe in a rehabilitation process and that people can do things to improve who they were or things about their life. But, man, that is a tough one.
1: Do you tough, believe tough this signing intent. happens if Dade Moore is still no. the GM? Because I, I've seen uh, a lot. No. I, I've seen a lot, and I've heard a lot from people over the last less than 24 hours now since the news came out. Like, well, this is clearly a sign that this is a new regime, and Dade would never do this. I, I do want to remind people now they never actually ended up signing the individual, but there were reports at one point the Royals under Dade Moore were considering the pitcher out of Oregon State, Luke uh, Heinlick, who was convicted. Yeah, of, of not just. Yeah, I mean he. he, he convicted uh, of, of sexual assault and, uh, as a child molester. I mean, that, that, was a, that was a player the Royals reportedly were actually considering. Yeah. So the notion that, oh, well, Dane Moore, this was one thing, Dane Moore would never have brought this guy into the organization, I'd push back on that because while they didn't sign that individual, they considered it. So I, I don't think this is a sign that, oh, J.J. Piccolo just doesn't, just doesn't care about some of the off-the-field stuff. I don't think that's a fair assessment of the situation. Gonna be, uh, oh, it's going to be Oh, it's an uphill battle. I, is it worth it for this organization to do it considering – They don't really have the juice, where, where they're if you want to be honest. Yeah. That's, that's part of their – that's part of their problem. People accept um, – Like if they were winning, if the Royals had just come off an AL Central title. be quieter. Yeah, for sure. That's how it works and usually. Just, you know, that it's kind of gross that that's the way it works. But, yeah, if you had
2: more – because, like, right now, he is their biggest off-season signing outside of Jordan Lyles. He's their second biggest off-season signing. Which means. And this
1: is the signing everybody's going to talk about. Understandably so.
2: Well, yeah. Well, and that's the. Like, we talk about the three or four biggest offseason signings. That's going to be part of this conversation now. It's like, not only did you do this, and, like, it doubles down the people who are going to be critical of making a bet. Because, like, taking a $4 million reliever, that's low risk, right? That's not a high risk move from a baseball perspective. But if it blows up in your face, you spend $4 million and all the backlash, then you really are going to get killed.
1: Yeah, I just think from a baseball end, you have him around for three months, you hope he somewhat shows some form that he had from two seasons ago and you flip them and it betters your organization for the future like that that is like the the ideal scenario here from the baseball that's what you're hoping you get all right we'll get to nixonable notes coming up in about six minutes or so of course you can interact with us on the text line as well 913-586-7610 let's get back to the nfl a little bit we all know the chiefs have to take care of business first and foremost tomorrow but i'm curious are we still split on the potential scenario of a neutral side game. This is our last chance to choose, right? This is it. Would you rather play Buffalo in Atlanta or you get a home game against Cincinnati, knowing what Cincinnati has been to you? Look, I I love going to Arrowhead. You and I are going to Arrowhead tomorrow. It's going to be awesome tomorrow, and there's nothing like an AFC title game at Arrowhead. The atmosphere is is incredible. But I would rather play Buffalo than Cincinnati. And, yes, I think people will disagree with me. I still would rather play Buffalo even if you told me The game had to be in Atlanta. You know my feeling. You want this game in Atlanta. You know my feeling on the neutral site stuff. I think the whole setup the NFL did with that is absolutely ridiculous. To me, this game should never even have the possibility of being a neutral site. But that's in the past. We can't do anything about that. Uh, As far as the potential opponent, I'd rather play Buffalo. I think they are far more vulnerable than the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they look more vulnerable. I don't disagree with you that if you watch these two teams play
2: over the last month and a half, Cincinnati. Looks more dangerous than Buffalo. But I don't know, man. I I think I've, I, I have I have kind of shifted. I think for the longest time it was, you know what, I'll take anywhere that isn't Cincinnati. Because that was my thought going into the postseason. But I also didn't realize at the time, we didn't know for sure. Like the whole time was, remember in the postseason, it like anybody but Cincy. I want to face any other team that is not Cincinnati because they've got your number for a variety of reasons. Jamar Chase is a matchup nightmare. Joe Burrow, if you get in a one-score game, is a problem. He can go and win it, and he does those things. And Not that – I mean, Josh Allen went and scored what looked to be a game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs in the postseason last year. Wasn't, because there were 13 seconds left on the clock that obviously ended differently. But it's, to me, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm leaning towards home. I don't – you know what? I don't want – I think some of it is like I don't want all the nonsense that comes with, oh, you know, there's a neutral side or Buffalo should have been at home. You know what? Let's just play this thing to see. Does the Chiefs change? would have won. They would have been at home. Let's take Cincinnati at home and take a chance. Kill, you know, like enough former players have said that's what they'd want to. To me, the Chiefs are going to be more up for that Cincinnati game because they do want to kick off the champ. Because every former athlete we talk to, whether
1: it be baseball, football, no matter the sport. Except Michael Irvin. We had Michael Irvin Except on yesterday. Except Michael Irvin who we, said it, they it, want the worst. We, we had Michael Irvin. He's like, man. But he's he, talking my, fan Michael Irvin. Yeah, but he, yeah, I mean, he said he doesn't like the vibes he's getting from Cincinnati. He meant that in like in a positive way for Cincinnati, yeah. where Cincinnati is certainly not afraid of Kansas City. And look, I don't They're know, not. I don't know if Buffalo necessarily is, but Buffalo—they've won the regular season games. Buffalo hasn't been able to beat Kansas City in the postseason, and yeah, those two games have been at Arrowhead. They haven't been at a neutral site game. And and I've told you, I think there would be more Bills fans in Atlanta. But man, I I still look at the actual matchup, even with the O line injuries that Cincinnati has. Let's remember, if Cincinnati. Is playing Kansas City at Arrowhead and you're like, oh, we're, we're excited it's at Arrowhead. That means Cincinnati would have gone to Buffalo the week prior with uh-huh. that offensive yeah, line injury yeah, and, beat, and beat Josh Allen. I've told you, I think Cincinnati is the that. best team in the AFC. I have said that doesn't mean that they're going to win this week and doesn't mean they're going to beat Kansas City, but. I think Cincinnati is the best team in, in football, and it does make me nervous that they are 3 and 0 against the Chiefs. Yeah, from a, a player mindset, if you're in the Chiefs' locker room, you have to go into it and say, hey, we're going to beat this team. We want them badly. Shouldn't they have felt that way in the regular season? Yeah. Shouldn't they have felt that way last year in the AFC title game when they had already lost in the regular season? So I, the whole notion of, like, well, now you've lost to them no, three I don't times. Think that exists. Now you really want them. That's but, our, I mean, you lost to them last year
2: as well. But the part of me, part of the reason I want it is because the juice that would come out of that. If, if it is Cincinnati, they've just gone to Buffalo. They've kicked your ass a bunch of times. It doesn't matter, right? Like, if all of that happens and then they beat Cincinnati, just, oh, uh, we're done here. <laughs> the rest of the AFC, you're done. That was the only thing you had on us, right? Like, that's the only thing. The only thing, like, if the AFC put all their chips in the middle, right? They're like, all right, this is everything we as a group have against Kansas City. It's just that Cincinnati beats them. That's it. That's all they have as a collection. If that goes away, and Kansas City is heading to its third Super Bowl in five years after being hosting its fifth straight AFC title game, which is what they would be doing if they play Cincinnati, I kind of like the juice that's coming off of that because then I'll think they're unstoppable. Like at that point, I will reignite the. They're going to win this Super Bowl, and then they're going to win the next <laughs> one, and then we going to talk dynasty again. We're back. Like it's because Cincinnati feels in their way. Buffalo doesn't feel in their way. Buffalo might beat them in the AFC title game in a neutral side, but they don't feel in their way right now, you know? Buffalo put everything in the middle. Cincinnati hasn't done that yet. Cincinnati hasn't had to push all their chips into the middle. So it's like I'm a little scared. That's why I'm a little scared of them. I understand that because if they beat you and it's like, uh-oh, what, what happens when they really go for it? But if you beat them and then they got to start paying players and then they start getting desperate and pushing their chips to the middle, the Chiefs haven't had to do that yet. They did that the one year they won the Super Bowl. When they went after Sammy and they went after Frank, they pushed their chips in the middle then. But they won their Super Bowl.
1: You know, like Cincinnati still has so much to lose. We'll talk more about this with Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride. Pete Sweeney going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock as we continue broadcasting live from Rally House in Oak Park. But it is that time when we let Nick give us his notes.
2: Write something down. Nick's Notable Notes.
1: Hey, what's
0: up, guys? Hey Nick, what's up, Nick? How are you doing back in the we studio? You? you know, I'm good. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, pimps? You guys pimping out there? <laughs> we are. You Nick. know, nobody we can are. hear
2: you here, so I feel like they're missing out on all the weird stuff you say. <laughs> we should have brought a speaker.
0: I haven't said anything in this segment, though. I'm just, just listening said, to you guys. How are you
2: doing, pimps? You guys are you pimping? That's what you said. You said that. That's weird. Oh, so
0: when Jay Z writes a song about pimping, it's cool, but when I bring it up, it's weird.
1: Yes, yes, that's, that's correct. Exact, it's exactly mm-hmm. right, Nick. Okay, that's exactly that's, how it is.
0: That's selective and offensive, but I will move on. Guys, dude, dudes, pimps, divisional round of the NFL playoffs is almost upon us. Tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon is when it all begins. Eight teams will enter, but you know, the thing is only four will leave. That's right. You know? That's
2: usually yeah. how it goes. Uh-huh. Are you sure? Is that
0: 100%? Yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes. Okay. So uh, I thought we would do what we did last Friday. Let's go over some prop bets. Gold didn't like the way that I uh, did it last week. So that's correct. <laughs> um, since he is the betting czar, he makes all the rules, I guess. So we will, uh, <laughs> we're going to open it up a little bit. And I won't make you take overs, even though that's the only fun way to bet. I will just give you over-unders. You tell me fun what you ways like. Fun to make money. Whichever way makes money is fun. No, no, it's not fun to bet unders and sit there and root for teams to not score. But you know what? Let's not get into this now. Let's start with the first <laughs> game, aside from Chiefs and Jaguars, which we will be talking plenty of. Giants-Eagles, a little NFC East showdown. Let's start with Saquon Barkley. Big game last week on the ground and through the air. His rushing yard total for tomorrow's game, just 68 and a half. What do you guys like there?
1: So I think both teams would like to run the ball. I think the Giants would certainly like to run the ball and limit the possessions that the Eagles are going to have because the Eagles certainly, as we know, have the, the more explosive offense. I just one? wonder, if because of that, if we all know that that's what the Giants want to do, you know Philly's going to try to key in on that. They have struggled against the run. I just worry if that, like, that number seems almost too good to be true right here. Like, that's one where you probably stay away, but I can't in this segment because Nick will get mad at me. Uh, so I'll lean, I'll lean over on that one.
2: He would have covered that number each of the first seven weeks, eight of the first nine. But then over the last eight weeks or so, not so much. Like, I feel like I actually lean under in this case. I know, like you said, Nick, it's not fun to bet the unders. But I do feel like, I think Brian Dable knows he's going to have to open it up to win this game. And Daniel Jones is coming off of it has to be the most confidence-building game in his history. So, like, I don't know. I feel like they're going to open it up. So, I, I think i take the under on Saquon.
0: All right, I got another rushing over-under for you guys. On the other side, Jalen Hurts, we know he's a dual-threat quarterback, 51-and-a-half rushing yards for the Eagles QB.
2: Um, God, 51-and-a-half? That's his – he's almost got Saquon's number. Um, I think i go over, honestly. I don't really know that any team
1: – Yeah, you had – I mean, he had 77 yards rushing in the game – uh, that actually, quote-unquote, matter. Not talking about the Week 18 game where these two teams played each other, but the game prior to his injury, seven rushes for 77 yards. Uh, I, I would feel confident going over. Look, I, I love the Eagles in this matchup to begin with, right? So, if you go look and look at props for this game, I'm going to lean towards Philly and most of them anyway. I, I don't get how Philadelphia actually, guys, isn't the same type of favorite that the Chiefs are. Feels like they should be, but I think the
2: divisional part is what's throwing them yeah. off a little bit. Everybody knows each other. Things get weird, and they just watched those
1: Buffalo and Cincinnati games get close against clearly like, worse teams. I, I just feel like they're a little inflated because they beat the Vikings. A team that we've all have said is fraudulent, fraud. but now we're, yeah. now we're putting a ton of stock yeah. in the Giants' win against the Vikings. Well, and, you know, Daniel Jones looks good. Once your quarterback yeah. starts
2: looking good, the lines tighten up a little bit. That's part of it. All right, guys.
0: Maybe the game of the weekend. Bills, Bengals, feels like this could be an AFC championship matchup. Maybe the matchup. game of the weekend. Well, you know, we'll <laughs> see how it plays out. I don't think anybody had the... Giants or the, yeah, the Giants, uh, Vikings being the game of the weekend last week, but you know what? It delivered. 49 and a half points is the over under in this game. I want to start right there. How high scoring of an affair do you think this is going to be?
1: Not very high. No, I think the, the Philly and e- the, the Philly and Eagle game is one thing. The Bills and Cincinnati game, I actually think, will be lower than everybody thinks heading in. I actually like the under. Uh, with the Bills in Cincinnati. I, I actually think both defenses will play a little bit better than we've seen so far.
2: Cincinnati's defense is incredibly underrated. Um, they're top ten in points per game allowed this season. The Bills offense gives the ball away. Cincinnati does a pretty good job taking it away. And if you look at just like the Chiefs-Bills, chiefs bengals model, the model is not their normal thing into the 30s. I think a lot of times in those games you understand – to
1: with a little harder play in the playoffs kind of gets it done. So I like the under, too. The only part that changes is does Josh Allen protect the football? He has really struggled to protect the football as he set up a short field for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati in this game. Uh, But I I actually think the under is in play.
0: All right, guys, last game. 49ers. Brock Purdy, right? Mr. Irrelevant trying to get relevancy against the Cowboys. You know what I mean? and I try mm-hmm. to prove to the world that he's pretty
1: good. Come on man. That was that was pretty weak. That was that was pretty weak.
2: 200 you, you and, had you can, all you can, morning without us there to work on these jokes and that's what you made No, I on? don't
0: work on these. These are just top of mind, man. Uh-huh. Sure. I'm not, I'm not crafting so. this material 236 and a half passing yards for Brock Purdy against uh, one of the league's top defenses.
1: Under under, under. Here's my thing. I, I love the Cowboys in the game, and that's because I think at some point Brock Purdy's going to turn into a pumpkin. And it's not going to just be. You? It's not going to just be for a half against Seattle like it was. To me, he hasn't faced a defense like the Dallas Cowboys all year when they're fully healthy like this. And you take a look when he's gone up against some of the better defenses, like even the New Orleans Saints, who are not a good football team, but a pretty good defense. Uh, they've struggled as an offense in San Francisco. So. Actually, we'll go under for Brock Purdy. I think we're going to see over. He's the struggle. truth. He's clearly he, the, he, truth. He's, he's he the, the truth. He is the truth. The truth. <laughs> That's what, you, Brock. Purdy's he is him. The truth. Brock Purdy is him. Oh, Nick. he's no, got no. that dog in him. Oh, no. over. Oh no, no.
2: He's all those things wrapped into one.
1: You think what? You think he's being exposed? I do. I think he gets exposed against the Dallas defense. You know, I'm all in on the Cowboys right now. I have a, a Chiefs. You Cowboy- do have a lot of Chiefs Cowboys Super Bowl. Is, is is a bet that's out there? This so is I'm a told. financial decision by him to say under. I also think I think there was good value on the Cowboys. I don't trust Brock Purdy still. You trust him? You trust him? You've seen enough already. Yep, he's good. Blind We're good faith.
2: Here. We're good here. He's he's got it all uh, locked up. Anybody can play good quarterback in Kyle oh, Shanahan's okay. system. I
1: mean, play good quarterback. What happens? What happens if the Cowboys are up? What happens if the Cowboys are up fourteen to three? Can he come back? No, but that's you know. a pro- that seems problematic. I don't
2: think seems, that's going to happen. So we're that good. seems
1: a little problematic. All right, those are Knicks. That would be good for the 230 over. I'll say that. They're going to be throwing it. This is true. Those are Nick's notable notes. We are broadcasting from Rally House in Oak Park, getting set for the Chiefs game tomorrow afternoon. Come on in and get your cold weather gear. Chance of snow during the game. You're going to head out to Arrowhead. Maybe you're going to be tailgating all day, getting ready to go. Trevor Lawrence said you're not going to be loud. Trevor Lawrence said you're not going to be loud enough. Uh, everybody's going to be fired up to head out to Arrowhead. Coming up next, Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs Insider from Arrowhead Pride, is going to join us, and we will give away our first $50 gift card. You're going to have to do a little, little singing for that if you're here at Rally House. Next. Cody and Gold
2: on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete,
0: and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at GANNAsphalt.com.